Let me pray and then we'll start. Father, thank you for uh, your word. Thank you for uh, the, the Holy Spirit working in our lives that you will lead and guide us. And we do truly want to follow you, serve you. We want to obey you. We want to live our lives in a way that pleases you. And so guide us and direct us and use your word in each of our lives in, uh, tonight. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, what one chapter in the Bible talks about the Bible totally? Psalms 119. 176 verses uh, is that uh, longest chapter in the Bible. That's all the topic of the whole chapter is, is the Bible uh, and the blessings that come into your life reading it. How many blessings are in Psalms 119? Did I say, yeah, 119? How many blessings are there for reading the Bible? 50 minimum. You can find 50 easy. I found 100 when I was going to Bible college and the professor said I could have an A for the class, hermeneutics, uh, not hermeneutics, Bible study methods, if I found 100 blessings uh, in Psalms 119. So I did and got an A for the class. And I used to pay my kids when they were small, younger, uh, if they could find 50. And uh, most of them did. And I think I gave them $50 if they did. I forget. Uh, that sounds like an awful lot to give to kids, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> So Psalms 119, the theme is the Bible. What uh, Two chapters in the Bible, the whole theme of the two chapters is giving money. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Uh, this one should be easy. What uh, is the resurrection chapter in the Bible? 1 Corinthians 15. Pastor Mike's been preaching on that the uh, last uh, four weeks. The resurrection. So that's the theme of the whole chapter, the resurrection so what one chapter in the Bible is the love chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. You're not going to answer them all, are you? Okay. Uh, what one chapter in the Bible is the faith chapter? Hebrews 11, tonight. That's the theme of the entire book, is faith. So let me read this chapter to you. Faith is, this is the definition, the, the most complete Biblical definition there is, faith is the assurance of thing, things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by uh, it, by faith, the men of old gained approval. Approval. I was at a seminar once and the speaker said, we shouldn't work to try to please God or to be approved by God. And I didn't say anything, but I thought to myself, he probably hasn't read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. Um, for by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is still dead, he still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. So again, this speaker said, not to try to please God. I thought, Paul said, work hard at trying to figure out what pleases God. Uh, the writer of the Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. There are lots of verses that talk about pleasing God. And, uh, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe, must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, not yet seen, that is, rain. Uh, it had not rained on the earth 
like we have now until the flood came. Up until that time, everything was watered by water coming up from the ground. Um, and, uh, and so when God said to Noah, I'm going to send a rain. <laughs> uh, I was Noah was, if you remember the old Bill Cosby uh, Noah thing, it was like, yeah, rain. What's rain? And so he had no clue what that was. Uh, being warned by God about things not yet seen. He had never seen rain. And reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed God by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. We were driving in Chicago a number of years ago. Patty and I, her aunt and uncle, uh, lived in Chicago, and we had gone uh, someplace not there specifically. Oh, we were going to uh, New York uh, when Sam, uh, uh, my son Sam's wife, Shannon, is from New York. And so we drove back there for a reception. And on the way back, we we're going to stop and see her aunt and uncle in Chicago. And we're driving in Chicago. This was before the days of uh, Google Maps. And uh, so we're lost. And uh, you know what wives do when husbands are lost? Stop and ask for instructions. And uh, my response was, real men don't ask for directions. We just bump around until we find where we're going. And she says, uh, I'm going to call you Abraham. I says, why are you going to call me Abraham? Because it says in uh, Hebrews 11 that he went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> and so it says here, Abraham was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> that was me. By faith, he lived in an alien, as an alien in the land of promise, as, a, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. He was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead, at that as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number, and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, that is, they believed that they were coming, but had not yet experienced them, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own, and indeed, if they had been thinking of that country, from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better, better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. That's an interesting statement. God is not ashamed to be called their God. It's, that would imply that God is ashamed to be called, the God by, uh, called God by some uh, because of their faith level, their behavior, etc. God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. Isaac was the fulfillment of the promise that God gave, and he was offering him up. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead. And so Abraham assumed that if God wanted him to kill Isaac, he would raise him from the dead. He considered... Uh, from which he also received him back as a type or a picture of Christ. 
By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel, gave orders concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. He was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. What more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection and others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings. You notice uh, he goes from fairly positive examples in the book of Hebrews on examples of faith now to those who were persecuted and killed as he's addressing the Hebrews, uh, the believers that were uh, Jewish and were leaving and abandoning their faith because of trials and persecution. And so he starts out with Noah and, and Enoch and uh, guys, the end of the story turns out fairly well, but, and now he moves to those where the end of the story doesn't turn out so well. They experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two. That doesn't sound like much fun getting sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death and with a sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. All these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us they would not be made perfect. So that whole chapter is faith. starts with the positive examples of Abraham and Noah and Enoch and others and moves to those that were stoned and sawn in two and um, were afflicted and ill-treated because that's whom he's talking to. And so he's encouraging the uh, people that he's preaching to, writing to, uh, be like these people. In fact, he says that in the next chapter. So on your notes, number one, we're saved by faith. And you all know that, saved by faith, that's a basic, basic doctrinal truth that we believe in. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by faith we're saved, Titus 3, 5, and 6, and other verses. Um, Back to the first six verses of Hebrews again. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And so we believe, and convictions about things that we 
haven't seen. I wasn't there when Jesus was nailed to a cross, but I believe he was. I wasn't there when he rose from the dead. Uh, I didn't see the tomb, the stone, although I believe that all that the Bible said actually happened. It was enjoyable. The team, the group, 38 people left for Israel yesterday, and uh, they're going to see a place that is possibly the place where Jesus was buried. They don't know for sure. And uh, they'll probably see a couple of different places. And they'll see the place that uh, um, he was probably crucified. They'll see the Sea of Galilee and other places where he were. And it is a very much of a faith builder to be there and to walk where he walked and to see many of the things that you see in the Bible uh, with your eyes. But generally speaking, faith is the assurance of things, fo- hope for the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So the world was created by God out of things that didn't exist. He created everything we see out of nothing. By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. He obtained the testimony God declared him to be righteous because he acted in faith. God testifying about his gifts and through faith though he is dead he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death and he was not found because God took him up. He obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. We must believe that God exists. We must believe that he is. He's a rewarder of those who seek him. So we operate, we live most of our life on the basis of what we read in the Bible that we have not seen, not experienced, not heard, not touched, not tasted. Pastor Mike talked about some old people in our church who were down to two senses out of five. I don't know if he mentioned Bill or not, but uh, he mentioned Gordon and said that I had three and a half senses. Uh, So when it comes to faith, none of them matter really uh, because we're believing uh, what God tells us in the Bible. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of work so that no one may boast. Luke seven forty eight. then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Romans three twenty two through 26, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there's no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God uh, displayed publicly as a propitiation uh, in his blood. Uh, Through faith, through faith, this was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith. The justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Romans 4 5 but to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly his faith is credited as righteousness his faith is credited as righteousness Galatians three fourteen. in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the spirit through faith through faith um, God puts a seed of faith in every believer. And in fact, I believe every person 
there's some difference of opinion on that, whether it's every person or those whom God has uh, elected or preordained. I believe he's put a kernel or a seed of faith in every person. And so if what we have is acted on and it will grow, and if what we have is neglected, uh, then it won't. And faith grows to the point where it becomes saving faith. And as a believer, our faith grows stronger and stronger and stronger. So we're able to accomplish uh, a significant amount with our life because of the faith we have. If we don't have faith, we won't accomplish anything uh, that matters, the significant, that's godly. It's only our faith that allows us to do that. Number two, faith in living our life and making choices based on promises that we can't see. Faith is living our life, living our life and making choices based on promises that we can't see or have no evidence that they are true. So, a problem that the average Christian has, although they would never really, I've never heard anybody admit it, just one, is that the average Christian really doesn't believe that prayer makes that much difference. Now, you wouldn't hear them say, I don't think prayer makes that much difference. But they believe it. How do I know that? Because they don't pray. Uh, your volume, your amount of prayer really is a clear indicator how much you believe difference it makes. If your prayer is token, that is you pray a little bit, not a whole lot, uh, your faith level in prayer is not that great because you don't think it's worth the time that it takes to pray because it won't accomplish that much anyway. Why do people not have much faith in prayer? Because they don't see results happening from their prayers quickly. In other words, if I prayed right now that Bill Schutzman would grow hair and in the next five minutes... He has more hair than ivy. So what would happen to everyone in this room? Your faith would grow. It would grow automatically because I prayed a prayer and it was answered immediately or fairly close to immediately within five minutes. And we could even just watch it grow. Wow, look at that hair just popping out out of his head right now. Uh, So does that happen? No. When we pray for something, often it doesn't happen for some time. And most often it takes a lot of persistent, continuous uh, prayer with importunity before there's much of any answer whatsoever. Because the distance between the asking and the answer is uh, lengthy, we most of the time don't even remember when it is answered that we prayed for it. Uh, And so we don't connect the dots in our life between what's prayed for and what actually happens. And because we see this Uh, we have this gap between what we pray and the answers, most people's faith in prayer is fairly feeble. Uh, And again, it's we have about in our church right now, people, adults, 16 and older, that attend a a worship service once a month or more. Uh, We have about uh, close to 1,500 people. Um, uh, That's a lot of people, one time a month or more. And uh, the last five days of prayer, we had less than 300 people that came even for one hour. Um, So the difference between 
those who come to worship service once a month or more, that number, and those who actually showed up one time in a week for one hour prayer is uh, substantial. And it isn't that I didn't uh, remind. I think I sent about five letters. One of them, I think I threatened to pray that uh, your hair fall out and gophers infest your yard if you didn't come. So, Bill, did you come? But I think it was before then. Yeah, right. So, uh, we live our life on the basis of promises. So, the Bible says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. Um, there it is. That's the promise. And so, faith is believing that and then acting accordingly. Acting accordingly. Now, when we act according to what we receive as the word in the, as the promise in the Bible that we don't see, one of the things that God does as we continue and persevere in that, he increases and builds our faith. But he won't give us faith until, a greater faith until we act on what we have. That is, live our life on the basis of promises that we have no evidence that's true. We have no evidence that's true, but we do it anyway because we believe uh, the word of God. Hebrews 11.1 1, again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.3. By faith we understand that the worlds were, were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen now. This planet, the dirt, the stars was not made out of things which are visible. Hebrews 11.7-8. By faith Noah being warned by, uh, warned by God about things not yet seen. He hadn't seen rain. When God said it's going to rain. He Basically, it says in reverence, that is belief, trust in God, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world, became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. He had never been there to the promised land. He was going by what God promised. Second Corinthians 5, 7 in the New Testament, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. <clears throat> Number three, faith begins in our mind and our heart, but real faith results in obedience. Begins in our minds and our hearts, put there by God, a small kernel, and as we act on that faith, it grows. And if we don't act on it, it doesn't. Hebrews 11.4, by faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Verse 7, by faith Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen in reverence prepared an ark. Verse 8, by faith Abraham when he was called obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. So they obeyed. Noah built an ark. Abraham left his home and traveled uh, across unknown place uh, to go to a different place. He obeyed. Cain offered up a sacrifice. Uh, uh, Abel offered up a sacrifice. James chapter 2. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? That is no obedience, no response to what it is he says he believes. Can that faith save him if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body? What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. 
But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works. I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. Faith was perfected or faith grew. Faith grew strong, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him uh, as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works, not faith alone. In the same way, uh, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers, sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. One of the uh, parenting principles that we had when Patty and I were raising our eight kids and they were little and growing up, um, you know, and they're real little, it's fairly easy to talk them into praying and receiving Christ as their Savior. Um, and I've mentioned to you that I got saved uh, 20, 30, 40 times as a little kid. Uh, any Sunday school teacher, J- vacation Bible school teacher asked me if I wanted to get saved. I said, sure. And I prayed again. Um, and kids will do that kind of thing. And so we wanted to make sure that their faith grew to the point that they crossed the line, as it were. Uh, from being in the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's beloved son. So we would have them do things uh, for others uh, in the name of Jesus. In other words, we would talk to them about the importance of serving God by serving others. And so one of the common things we did is go to rest homes. As a family, the girls would sing together. uh, And people in rest homes absolutely loved that. Uh, And then the boys didn't sing much, but they would go around and visit and uh, talk to people. They were often reluctant to do it, but I would go with them. And I would walk in the room and say, Hi, we're just walking around visiting with people. My name's Dee. I'm the pastor of Jefferson Baptist Church in Jefferson, and this is my son, Sam. Sam, talk to, what's your name? Janet, okay. And so we would do that uh, at least once a month for years uh, because we wanted their faith to grow. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works doesn't grow. And so you are always pushing the envelope, as it were, uh, in regards to our faith. Um, Number four, strong faith not only results in obedience, but it results in obedience to do things that are very hard. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water for a bit and sunk. And Jesus scolded him and said, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Uh, The nation of Israel walked across uh, the Red Sea. I wouldn't imagine that was a... uh, uh, easy thing to do, at least not for the guys in the front. <laughs> Even the ones in the back, you're walking up with water. Uh, uh, I don't know how high it went, but I'm sure it was intimidating to walk through that tunnel of water all around you, wondering if any second that whole thing was going to come tumbling down on top of them. And so faith uh, to do easy things is not that difficult, but to choose to do things that are hard by our faith um, I had an individual several years ago come into my office and say, I would like to grow my faith. I don't know how. I said, I can give you some suggestions. He said, okay. I said, we have a special offering coming up in two weeks. Uh, 
what would be a reasonable amount for you to give? Uh, well, I, I guess I could give a couple hundred dollars. Okay, give a thousand. Uh, no. Well, you want to grow your faith or not? Okay, if that's too much, let's just go with 500. Well, and uh, I don't remember if he actually did it or not, but I remember we had a fairly lengthy discussion about what was easy, what he could afford, and what was hard, and what he couldn't. And so I said, you believe what the Bible says? Uh, well, I'm not r really willing to, I finished the word, risk it. What if it isn't true? What then? So you either believe it before you experience it or you don't. And if you want your faith to grow, then do something in obedience that's difficult, that's hard, that has a risk factor in it that requires some faith. Because if you're always playing it safe, it takes no faith, and your faith won't grow. Um, Hebrews eleven seventeen by faith Abraham, when he was tested, when he was tested, so was this an easy thing that God asked him to do? I mean, I can't imagine how I would respond if God said, hey, take uh, your grandson out and offer him up as a sacrifice. Um, I w I'm not sure I would be quite as cooperative as Abraham was. Abraham was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called, and he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead. And so that was a fairly risky thing. I'm going to kill my son, and God's going to raise him from the dead because he's the fulfillment of the promise that he made. Uh, and instead, God kept him from doing it and provided a ram instead. Number five, we can, can and should work at growing stronger and stronger in our faith, proactively doing that. So if you walk around our church this next weekend in the foyer and just ask people, what are you doing proactively to grow your faith? Maybe have a goal of asking 10 people. In fact, you can ask the really spiritual ones. You can, oh, there's one. That's a spiritual person there. And you ask 10 people. Uh, what will they do when you ask them the question? They will look at you with a, strange look what what are you doing to proactively grow your faith right now they most it'd be rare for a person to answer uh, decisively back an answer to that question um, you can grow tomatoes if you had uh, pigs you could grow pigs you know what to do how to make that happen my uh, daughter and son-in-law came down last night. He went to a seminar with me today, and the, their three kids were there. Before they left, we have this board on the wall of our house. It's about that big, and it's got feet and inches on it. And every time any grandkids come, they want to back up and have Grandma make a mark on it with their name and the date. And so they can look at other times they visited and see the progression with each of them. And sometimes they will compare themselves with other grandchildren. Oh, I'm taller than so-and-so. And... -so. and uh, so if one of them backed up there and we measured him and three years later came uh, and backed up and we measured them and they were the same height and they were, you know, young 
it might uh, cause some concern. They're not growing. And we might check with a doctor and say, our kids, our grandchild's not growing. What can we do? And growth is normal. And so proactively pursuing growth in our faith is important. Romans 4.20, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, grew strong in faith. Grew strong in faith. That's Abraham. Number six, what we accomplish with our life that is significant is based on the strength of our faith. The greater our faith, the more we accomplish. The weaker our faith, the less we accomplish. And so when Jesus was dealing with his disciples, if you want to ask the question, what did he scold his disciples for? Really only one thing. Their littleness, their smallness of their faith. Hebrews eleven thirty two. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who by faith, by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourging, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death. With a sword they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And they were able to do that because of their faith and the strength of their faith. Jesus speaking to his disciples in Matthew seventeen twenty, and he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, they were wanting to cast a demon out of a young boy, and they said, why couldn't we? And he said, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed. A mustard seed wasn't particularly big seed. So it doesn't take a lot of faith. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there. It will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. That is like my favorite line in the whole Bible. Nothing will be impossible to you. If you have faith even as small as a grain of mustard seed. Number seven, God is pleased with those who have strong growing faith and displeased with those who have little faith. Enoch was pleasing to God because of his faith. And again, he regularly was displeased with his disciples because of the littleness of their faith. And so I want to personally grow my faith so that it's strong, so that I can accomplish things. As Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Nothing will be impossible to you. By faith, Enoch, uh, verses 5 and 6, was taken up so that he would not see death and he was not found because God took him up. He obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. He was pleasing to God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So our level of faith is a, is a main factor in God's pleasure, being pleased with us as a person. Matthew eight ten, Jesus uh, heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. So Jesus was impressed and he communicated that, uh, imp- imp- the fact that he was impressed. Matthew fifteen twenty eight. Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. Be it done for you as you wish. Her daughter was healed at once. Matthew eight twenty six. he said to them, why are, you, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? He got up and rebuked the winds and the sea and it became perfectly calm. 
Matthew 16, 8, Jesus, where of this said, you men of little faith, why do you discuss among yourselves that you have no bread? And so Jesus' pleasure, uh, absence of that was based on the measure of faith they had. Number eight, the power of our prayer time is determined by our faith level. So the stronger our faith, the more God will work and answer our prayers. That promise is made uh, half a dozen times in the Gospel of John alone. In James 1, it says, but he must ask in faith. Must ask or pray in faith without any doubting. The one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. That man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Number nine, we grow. Our righteousness, our holiness, our character grows uh, as our faith grows. And so as we pursue righteousness, holiness, as we pursue fruit-bearing, doing things for God with our life, uh, one of the things we want to pursue, a key thing, is our faith level. Philippians 3.9 may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own, that is a righteousness that I was able to uh, work up in myself, derived from the law, following rules, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God that he works causes in me on the basis of faith. Number 10, God grows our faith as we attempt harder and harder things for God. Goal setting is a wonderful tool for doing this. So we are going to have 18 people that are in leadership class preach in church the last two weekends of May, not this coming weekend, Mother's Day, but the following two. There'll be three in each of the uh, three services for two weeks in a row. Now there's 18 sharing. There's 25 in leadership. Why are seven not? Because they're pretty sure they would wet their pants if they did or pass out cold. So uh, several said they threatened to quit if I made them do it. And I says, well, I won't make you do anything. But I will tell you this, that your faith will grow if you attempt to do something that's scary and hard. And if you don't want it to grow, then play it safe and be comfortable. I didn't talk him into speaking. I still only had 17, 18 do it. I have a goal. Uh, I had a goal this last year, and that was to go visit six people in the hospital. My least favorite thing to do on the entire planet Earth is to go into the hospital because I get uh, dizzy. If I stay standing up for more than five minutes, I usually faint. Uh, I go home and I'm uh, semi-nauseous. I have to take a nap for two or three hours. It's an incredible trying experience for me. I don't know why. Probably because of the six months I was in the hospital when I was six with a, uh, when the cat ran over me. And I don't remember it, but that's the only explanation I have. But I made a goal to go see six this last year. And uh, it's only, uh, not even June, and I met my goal since January 1. And so my goal for next year, uh, 2020, is 12. I'm going to go visit 12 people in the hospital. So it could be one of you. Typically, you don't want me to come see you because I only go see the ones that are going to die. So if you see me walking into your room, it's like, uh uh-oh, I didn't know I was that bad. 
So somebody said to me, why are you doing that? Well, the answer is, is because I want to do things that are hard and difficult, not comfortable, not easy, because I want to grow my faith. Uh, and it's not that I'm going to be a hospital chaplain, but it is something I don't enjoy doing that's hard to do, and I want to model that uh, to people. I don't want me to say to someone, you should get up and speak in church. Well, why should I do that when you won't even go see me, people in the hospital? Oh, all right, I'll go see you. Are you sick? I'll go see you. Number 11, our faith grows as we read the Bible faithfully. Read the Bible because you believe it's the inspired and errant word of God. The very act of reading it is an act of faith. Anytime you do anything as an act of faith, your faith grows. Uh, plus the Bible, the very nature of God's word being living, uh, supernatural, will cause your faith to grow. Number 12, our faith grows as we pray. Again, the very act of praying is an act of faith. And praying, when we don't have that much faith, but praying anyway will grow our faith stronger and stronger. I think I've told you this story, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you it again. It was one of those significant uh, defining moments in my life. We went to Bangkok, uh, Hanoi in 1995 on a prayer walking trip, five days in each place. And in Bangkok, there was a Buddha on every city block. Uh, and they were burning incense, and there were there were bots or temples with big Buddhas and little Buddhas and emerald Buddhas and gold Buddhas and stone Buddhas and standing Buddhas and sitting Buddhas and laying down Buddhas. I mean, it was everywhere. The incense was it was nauseous. It was so strong, and it was the second I think day or maybe the third I thought popped into my head that was this is an absolute total waste of time. This is doing nothing. We're walking up and down these noisy, busy. Uh, um, there was so much smog, you couldn't hardly breathe. Streets, this is just a glorified tourism trip. I didn't say that to anybody because I was the pastor. <laughs> and I was supposed to, you know, believe what we were doing was doing something. So I acted like it was. And I kept praying. And we came to this mountain built on, um, uh, with dirt, with little boxes of ashes of people that had died over hundreds of years. And it resulted in a mountain, and there was a little temple on top. One-seventh of Buddhist ashes were there. And the top of that, of those of you who went probably remember, was about the size of this room, not much bigger. A little temple in the middle. And it had a rock wall around the outside about that tall. And it was right at the peak of this real uh, strong doubting. And I went over and got on my knees and put my arms on that rock wall, put my chin on my arms, and looked out over the city where the smog was over. It was the, like the highest point in all Bangkok. And I sat there, or I stood, uh, kneeled there on my knees for uh, probably five, ten minutes. And then I just had this, uh, I'm not big on experiences, but I went from having uh, like a minus two on faith that all of a sudden I believed without a doubt that when I got to heaven there were going to be hundreds, thousands of people there because we had walked the streets of Bangkok and prayed. Uh, it, w it was just an amazing in faith. And I thought about it, and I convinced that had I said something about my lack of faith, said, hey, let's just go home. Uh, I would have stayed at that level. But because I persisted and kept at it, mostly not because I had faith, but mostly because of the people that were with me, and I didn't want to act like a uh, doubting pastor. So I kind of went through the motions, but I kept praying. And uh, as a result of that, I was given a gift of faith by God. Faith without works is dead. Thirteen, our faith grows as we hang around people with great faith. Faith is incredibly contagious. 
people with faith talk about doing things that require faith. They talk about answers that God brings because of their faith. Number 14, our faith grows as we think about eternity. I've never been to heaven, never seen anything about it, but I think about it all the time, and I visualize it, and I anticipate it. That's all uh, done on the basis of faith, something I've never seen, a place I've never been. Verse 13, all these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. For indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Fifteen, faith is conviction and confidence in things we can't see. But as we grow in faith, the evidence or the fruit of our faith grows greater and greater. So we move mountains with faith. We have answers to prayer by faith. People become believers by faith. So we begin with no evidence. But as we persevere and grow in faith, pretty soon the evidence, that is the things that are accomplished by our life, God working through us, the answers to prayer begin to increase. And so by... Uh, persevering and growing pretty soon, there is ample evidence that what I have believed for my, with my life is true. But it comes at the end, not at the beginning. You begin by faith with no sight, no evidence. You persevere in faith, and pretty soon the evidence is there. And when it happens, then you become an encourager to others uh, if they believe what you're saying is true. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. We believe it's true. We believe every promise in it is true. We believe that uh, when the Bible says that Jesus came and died for us, we believe that's true. We govern our life accordingly. Lord, we spend time reading your word. We spend time praying because we believe that you existed, that you exist and that you hear and that you work uh, when we pray and help us to grow stronger and stronger in our faith so that we can move mountains and do things that are considered impossible as you would work in and through us in the days ahead. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.